Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. That sounded like a great day yesterday. Well, I was at home over a Bible, finishing the message, and uh, praise God, I'm sure that um, he is going to speak. So this morning, we are going to talk about faith, emotions, and building a strong faith. Now, this is a message that I've had for quite a few weeks now, and I felt that what the Lord wanted to do was to encourage us in our faith and encourage us in strengthening our faith, just as we get set up here. But before we do, let's pray. Can we do that? All right. Father, we thank you for this morning. And Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are present. Lord, we know that you are um, present in this place. Lord, and even as we think about Christmas and we think about the fact that you came, Lord, we also remember that the angels, they said, peace on earth and goodwill to men. So Jesus, you came, Lord, and you are the Prince of Peace. You came with the message of goodwill. You came with the message of uh, the Father having mm, just fulfilling his plan through you for us to be reconciled to him. And Lord, I ask right now that you would release your peace this morning, release your peace in here, release your peace over every family, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go. So I've been feeling for a few weeks now that the Lord wants to encourage us in building our faith. And if I asked you what do you think faith is and how would you define it, I'm sure there'd be as many answers in the room as there are people in the room because we are each at a different stage of our understanding of faith and that's absolutely quite normal. We're at different stages in our understanding of God. We're at different stages in the growth of our faith and our walk with Jesus. But this morning the Lord will meet you where you're at because he always does, because he knows. He knows you better than anyone. So I want to share some perspectives that I feel that the Lord is wanting to highlight this morning. So first of all, faith is not a feeling. It's a choice to trust in the Lord who's so much greater than we are. And our faith needs to be built and continually strengthened. And how do you do this? We'll look at some ways this morning. And I'm sure that you've got many things that you could say yourself about that, about how you strengthen your faith and how you build your faith. But did you know this? When you place your faith in Jesus, you receive an inheritance of faith. And that's one of the things I felt the Lord wants to highlight this morning. You actually receive an inheritance. You have an inheritance of faith through Jesus. God made a promise to Abraham right back in the book of Genesis, in Genesis 17. He made a promise to Abraham that he would be the father of nations. And it didn't seem possible, did it? Because he did not have any children and he and his wife, Sarah, were very old at the time. But at that time, God reminded Abraham of who he is and what he had already done. And he said to Abraham, 
I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur. Now, Ur is modern-day Iraq, and God had called Abraham to leave Ur, and God was going to take him on his journey to the promised land, which is modern-day Israel. Not all of it, but it is represented by modern-day Israel. So God reminded Abraham, right in that moment, Abraham obviously had a crisis of faith. How on earth can this happen? And God reminded Abraham what he had already done when he brought him out of Ur. So God will remind each of us as he leads us forward. And that's the point here this morning. He's going to remind each of us as he leads us forward. And a question for us to consider this morning is, how often do we stop and consider what God has already done for us? Because that's important and God's encouraging us to do that. In fact, throughout the Bible, we're encouraged to remember what God has done. And that's so important. Why? Because it sustains us. It's a building block of the Lord at work in your life and my life. And it's a key to strengthening our faith, to remember what the Lord has already done for us because he does not change. Very important. And it's neither living in the past or looking backwards instead of forwards. It's not that at all. It comes from a heart of gratitude towards the Lord And it's gratitude that helps us keep our hearts soft towards the Lord. That's a very important point. Now, at this time of the year, we can often find it's a time of celebration. It's a time of joy. But it also comes with its challenges for some people. There can be a lot of stresses. There can be a lot of challenges in family. And this can be a time of the year when our faith can really be tested. And uh, I think that the Lord's wanting to remind us, even at this time of the year, who he is and what he's already done in our lives, because many families face many difficulties at this time of the year, and uh, many families face challenges at this time of the year, and many who believe in Jesus face challenges at this time of the year, perhaps in families who do not believe in Jesus. So the Lord's encouraging you, remember what he's already done. Remember what he's already done. So that heart of gratitude towards the Lord helps keep our hearts soft towards the Lord. Would you agree? Yeah, good. So God made a promise to Abraham. This is where the inheritance comes for us. The Bible tells us that God considered Abraham, meaning that God looked at his heart. He looked at his life and he looked at his character. And Abraham did not doubt God, even though it seemed impossible that he could not have any children, let alone a multitude of descendants. But God considered Abraham's faith and concluded that he was righteous, that he had right standing with God. He looked at Abraham's heart, his life, his character, and said, yes, you are right with me. We have that inheritance of faith. Really important to understand when we accept Jesus, we come into an inheritance. So what does that mean? God's made a promise to us also. God considers our faith when we believe in Jesus. He concludes that we have right standing before him when we believe in Jesus just like Abraham. That's amazing. That's powerful. That's something to hang on to at all times. But we're also called to develop our lives, aren't we, and our character on the pathway that God shows us. So the decision to accept Jesus is simply the starting point, but it's a great starting point. So faith is a choice and a decision to believe in God. Faith is a choice and a decision to believe in someone beyond ourselves, God. An emotion is a strong feeling that can be influenced by our circumstances and relationships with others around us. 
Let's have a quick look at the difference. Now, I have a couple of disclaimers to make about this. <laughs> I, would, I thought, will I use this or will I not? No, I'll use it. Okay, what it is not, first of all, is left brain, right brain. What it is not is female brain and male brain, right? So I had to say that right up front. <laughs> but I decided to use it anyway. What it's saying really is that emotions can go like this up and down all over the place, whereas a faith can, is a steady thing, a constant thing, constant belief in God. And I'm saying nothing about male and female brains, I'm saying nothing about male and female faith, because God does not see it that way. So I hope that illustration serves its purpose. <laughs> So faith is a mindset that can bring peace, strength and hope in times of uncertainty. Would you agree with that? Yeah. How many have experienced yeah. that? Yeah. How many? Yeah, yeah that's, that's, our, that's our experience with God. That's the promise of God into your life and to my life. A mindset that's built first and foremost on the Word of God, and that's really the message this morning, building it on the Word of God and so that when questions arise, the strength of the whole word will sustain us, not just the verse. You need more than that. You need that strength of the whole word where God's nature and character is fully revealed. Very important. We're called to remember God's true nature and his true character at all times. Now, at the same time, while faith is not an emotion, our emotions can release faith. So let's look at emotions first of all. They go up and down, don't they? We all know that. We have good days, not so good days. Our belief systems can also influence our emotions. We can feel good when we see what we believe and we can feel downcast when we don't see what we believe. Yes. That's emotional response there that's happening. It'd be important to notice that. For some, faith and emotions are closely connected and they can even be confused with each other. So it's possible to feel an adrenaline high and think it has something to do with faith or a spiritual experience, when it's actually an emotional response raising adrenaline. Important that we start to recognise some of these things. We will experience that, but interpreting that and understanding that that's not faith, that's something else that's being, you know, we're responding to is important. So our emotions, when can they release faith? They can release faith when our heart turns towards God. Emotions, I'm not saying they're a good thing, a bad thing. I'm saying we simply have them. And how do we respond? How do we recognise them? Our emotions can release faith when our heart turns to the Lord. Now, a big, good example of that is the woman with the issue of blood in Luke 8. Her faith was released when she reached out to Jesus. Now, she would have been absolutely at the end of everything else that she knew. She would have been feeling so many things, being uh, you know, at, separated from the community, from uh, being not well, all of those things that she was experiencing. It was a real crisis for her. But in that moment, her response, she reached out to Jesus. She saw Jesus, she reached out to him, and in that moment, her faith was released. So she didn't say, oh, Jesus is my answer. She saw Jesus, she reached out to him. She, wasn't, she was proactive but her emotions were leading her to reach out. And that can happen with us too. Our emotions can lead us to reach out to Jesus and our faith is released. I've experienced that. I, I know there's been times of deep crying. And uh, I know that many of you will have experienced that too. And I've seen God respond in profound ways, profound ways. So just because you are in that place, 
the response there is to reach out and to turn towards God. And that's where our emotions work for us because they actually cause us to turn to God and that's a good thing. So even when our emotions are struggling, we can turn to God. When we're weary, we can turn to God. So it's not like our faith means that you are strong all the time and you don't have the ups and downs and you don't feel things and you don't get weary. No, that's not what it is. Faith is responding to God in those situations. Responding to the Lord in those situations. Not being so strong that you don't ever feel any of these things. We will feel these things, but faith is responding to God in those situations. So we can turn to God at all times and allow him to bring peace into your life. And that is the gift that he will bring into your life when you turn towards him. So peace is an outworking of faith in who God is. It's one of the outworkings of faith in the mighty God and the trusting God. Now, peace is not the same as certainty. So they're two different things. Peace comes from knowing that someone greater than ourselves, the Lord, is in ultimate control, and this helps us deal with uncertainty. So I'll go through that again. Peace, the peace of God, knowing that he is in control, helps us to deal with uncertainty. Now, we don't like uncertainty, do we? I don't know about you, I don't like uncertainty. Yeah, a bit uncertain about that. (laughs) We don't. As as human beings, we like to uh, feel that we're in control. We like to feel that we know what's going on. We like to feel that we know what's ahead. We like to be able to plan. We like to be able to do all those things. But the Bible tells us that we make our plans and the Lord guides our steps. So having that peace with God in those times of uncertainty is an exercise of our faith. That's that's the gift that faith brings into our lives. It's a gift. It's the gift that you can live in uncertainty knowing that he has everything in hand. Very powerful, very powerful. Now, your emotions will be saying something different, and I've been there. Your emotions will say something different. So understanding that but still turning back to God and turning back to his word is the important thing. Now, while our emotions change, turning towards God in, his, in faith in his unchanging nature is our stabiliser, saying the same thing another way. It's like the stabiliser on a ship, turning towards God in those situations. God is our stabiliser. He's the one who stabilises our lives. He's the one who sets us on the right path. He's the one who settles us down, brings his peace into our lives. And of course, we know that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. That's Hebrews 12 too. So it's not all us anyway. He's working in our lives. He's working, developing our faith. He's working, building our faith because he is the one who is the author and the finisher. That's a great place to be, to think about. So sometimes we can feel pressured about our faith for different reasons. But in those times, remember that Jesus is the author and the finisher. There are times when the enemy might come along and whisper something in your ear You know, your faith isn't good enough. You're not like that person. You don't speak like this person. No, Jesus is the author and finisher of your faith. Stand on that. It's an important thing. So I feel that the Lord's encouraging us this morning that having built your life of faith on strong foundations, that's the word of God, regularly go back and check. Now, the foundations of a house can weaken, can't they? How many know that? 
So there are times when we need to go back and check our faith foundations because they can weaken too if we don't go back and constantly check them and reinforce them. So I want to quickly cover seven things that, uh, to make sure that are built into your life that will strengthen your faith so that in times of struggles, which we all experience in life, none of us are exempt from that, it will help us. It'll help us in times when we need to stand alone in your convictions, and some of you know what that's like, and in times when opposition comes your way and you'll be able to draw upon your strong foundations. Some of you are familiar with this, some of you are less familiar with it. I'm going to go through it fairly quickly, but these are the things I felt the Lord wants to emphasise. So first of all, nurture your faith with the Word of God. So just as a plant needs to be nurtured, that was interesting, your story, Pastor Matt, on your plant. <laughs> I have a plant I'm trying to nurture at the moment because it's not very well. So just as a plant needs to be nurtured and fed and pruned, so our lives also need attention, don't they? So a plant that's wilting needs attention. It needs food or it needs water or it needs sunlight. It needs something. So if your faith is wavering, you need to pay attention. And the place to go is to feed on the Word of God. If you feel this, this wavering, this uncertainty... That's an indication that you need to go to the Word of God to build it up again and strengthen. And if your emotions are wavering and you feel like they're out of control, feed on the Word of God because that will stabilise you. He is your stabiliser. Belief systems. The Word will shine the light of the Holy Spirit on your underlying belief systems because that can be the root of some of our issues. We all have underlying beliefs that need to change as part of our ongoing transformation. So the word is the, is the mirror that's going to reflect that back to us and we'll say, ah, you'll just have that aha moment where Holy Spirit will highlight something to you. Hang on a sec. This is what the word says. I've actually been believing something that's not there. That can happen to all of us. So that's important. And that's a continuous process throughout our lives. And the Lord is teaching me as I grow older Changes to see him differently as we move through different stages of life because that is a relationship we have with the Lord. It's a relationship that we have through his spirit who guides us through the word, who guides us into truth, who guides us into our pathways. That's something for each one of us. So it's not like we, we learn it once, we do it once and that's it. It's absolutely not static because our relationship with the Lord grows, our faith grows and this is part of living on earth as the Lord leads us through. This is why the Bible speaks of renewing our minds with the Word of God, and it is a constant process in our lives. I have to tell you, none of us are finished. None of us are completely renewed in our mind. None of us will be while we're on this earth, but we need that constant renewing to be able to walk our lives with the Lord, to be able to outwork his call on our lives, to be able to continue to grow in our relationship with the Lord. It's so important. It's a constant renewing of the mind, constant. And the moment our minds become fixed, then we become stuck. So how many know people who have a fixed mindset on certain things and you try and talk to someone and they're just absolutely not going to listen? Yeah, <laughs> maybe Richmond, maybe Richmond as well. <laughs> but <laughs> but <laughs> that was dangerous, wasn't it? <laughs> but the point here is this. We can't be like that with the Lord. That's exactly we cannot be like that. Oh, I know the word, I've read the Bible. 
I read my scripture verse every day. I know, I know, I know. We do not know. We know in part, we see in part. That's what it says. So this constant renewing of our mind with the Lord through his word is so important. And the deep deposits of the word within us are what releases faith. So faith is released as we go back over the word, as we read it again, as we allow the Lord to show us things. It, it results in a release in faith. And the, the deep deposits of the word help us to counter the enemy when he comes along. Now, he's very actively trying to undermine your faith because that's his aim, to take you away from God, to lead you away from God's truth. So you counter him with the truth of the word. You counter him with the sword of the spirit, just like Jesus did. When he makes accusations of doubt about God, and his goodness, any accusations against you or your identity, you know the word and you know what the truth is. So important. Only the word can cleanse us and renew our minds. Only the word can. This takes time with the Holy Spirit, time in prayer and reflection so that the Lord can show us truth. Very important. And that's what's needed in our life today. That is part of our daily bread. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Part of our daily bread is that daily renewing with God, that daily time with God. Okay, two, establish your life on the finished work of Jesus on the cross. We have spoken about that so many times. He has made a way forward at all times as we look beyond the cross to his eternal kingdom at all times. So we keep eternity in mind. The past is over. The penalty has been paid. The truth is that you are being conformed to the image of Jesus from glory to glory. And this, again, it's a continual process of life on earth. Okay, three, establish your life in your identity in Christ. Remember who you are and whose you are at all times. At all times, you are the son or daughter of a loving father who will never, ever, ever turn his back on you. He will never turn away from you. Four, establish your life in the presence and power of Holy Spirit. Now, God engages with us through his spirit. We've spoken about that. He's with us at all times. You have the power of Holy Spirit who is with you, available to work with you in your life at all times. Lean into the Lord. It can be very easy to be tempted to go it alone as we learn and become adept in aspects of the Christian life. Very easy for us to be tempted to go it alone. The opposite is true. We need the Lord at all times. Yeah. We are never adept on our own. Never. Right. Never. Five, establish your life in the authority of the name of Jesus over your life. I'm trying to go back. Go back a bit. Here we go. Got it. Establish your life in the authority of the name of Jesus. His name carries authority. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. His authority requires our humility before him. Humility means seeing ourselves as we really are. No less, no greater. Yes. Humility means accepting our ongoing need of Jesus, and that's really what we've been saying this morning. Humility means accepting his will over our will. Okay, a couple more now. Now, they're fairly straightforward, and most of you will be familiar with that. But let's have a look at a couple more. 
We need to be prepared for our faith to be tested. And this is important. Now look, this time of the year can be absolutely the time when our faith is tested for reasons we spoke about before. Some of the tensions in families, some of the challenges we face, all of those things. So what about the issue of suffering and trials? We're gonna to touch on that this morning. So many of our own suffering and trials relate to life issues, relational issues, all of the factors that exist in the fallen world that God did not intend. But at the same time, he's always at work in our lives in and through these situations. So we're going to take a look at Peter and some of what he has to say to us. Now let's talk about Peter. Peter was one of Jesus' inner circle of disciples. And perhaps you might recognise aspects of your own life as we look at Peter. Now as we know, just briefly, Peter was a fisherman called by Jesus to follow him and become a fisher of men. We know that Peter walked on water and then faltered. We know that Peter denied Jesus three times on the night that Jesus was betrayed and arrested. We know that Peter was forgiven and restored by Jesus after his resurrection. Has Jesus restored you this morning? I think the answer to that is yes. And what a gratitude we have in our hearts that he has restored us. At the shores of Galilee where it all began, Jesus asked Peter three times if he loved him. This was after the resurrection. And Peter answered yes three times. Jesus spoke to him three times, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. That was Jesus calling Peter into his ultimate destiny and he calls you and I as well into our ultimate destiny. Now we know that Peter preached powerfully under the power of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And we know that he led the early church in Jerusalem before James became leader of the early church. Peter travelled widely preaching the gospel and he was trusted by God with the enormous revelation that the Gentiles were to be, as well as the Jews, were included in God's salvation plan. That's you and I this morning, included in that plan, coming down through the inheritance of the faith of Abraham. Jesus also spoke to Peter on the shores of Galilee after his resurrection about what he would face in older age. What Jesus meant was that he would be taken into custody and it's generally held that Peter was executed under the persecutions of the Roman Emperor Nero. So we can imagine Peter as a young man, full of energy, very reactive. We know he was very reactive, making mistakes and ultimately learning from Jesus. Bit like you and I this morning, isn't it? Can you recognise ourselves there? Yes. We're like that. Peter was then empowered by the Spirit to reach others. You and I are empowered by the Spirit and to teach and preach. And now as an older man at the end of his life, Peter was passing on his wisdom to the churches in Asia Minor, which is present day Turkey. When Peter wrote his two letters, one and two Peter, to those churches, he knew that his time was short. And by this time, he had great maturity and great wisdom, which is passed on to us. I want to touch on that this morning. By this time, it was around AD 64. Peter had spent his life preaching about Jesus and seeing Jesus manifest himself as he preached. Nero had begun his persecution of the church in Rome 
And uh, Peter was near the end of his life, and in some ways these were his last words to the churches. But they're also words to us today. No doubt Peter was conscious of the words that Jesus had spoken to him on the shores of Galilee about what was ahead of him. So what does Peter have to say about the testing of faith? going to have to find it here. I think you've got it in the media room, 2 Peter 1. There it is. I'll just find it, sorry. Somehow or other, in my last um, going through yesterday, I have managed to delete it (laughs) from my page here, but we will find it. Isn't it wonderful what we have available to us with technology? (laughs) Okay, here we go. I'll skip it. <laughs> he talked about the promise of future joy for every believer of Jesus when we go through trials. What he was saying is don't find it strange when you face trials. That's what he's saying. I'm paraphrasing it. Because what happens is there's a promise of future joy when you go through these things. And Jesus, of course, had that promise of future joy when he went to the cross. So that's what Peter's saying. Don't think it's strange. It's normal to find that. It's normal to find opposition. The promise of joy is for every follower of Jesus and it helped to sustain Jesus and it's a promise that sustains us. We have many examples of the church today under persecution, which the church was when Peter wrote that, and suffering fiery trials, which is what Peter was talking about. And uh, I think that um, what Peter was saying is that The opposition to our faith will come because we have an adversary, Satan, who works to weaken our faith. So is it our prayer now that we would have strong faith when the opposition comes to us, when we go through our own fiery trials as sometimes we'll face? James also talked about the trials. He also talked about Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So it comes down to, again, the work of patience, and it involves endurance and perseverance. It's not an emotional response, which we will have emotional responses. It's not an emotional response alone, as our emotions will respond to any situation, but a faith response. And it comes down again to faith that God is at work. And his promise that he who has begun a good work in you, Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, when you're being tested, when faith is being tested, just a couple of things. God is not testing you to fail you. 
He's always at work to bring out the best in us. So when we go through all of those situations, God does know about it, but he's working to bring out the best in us. And he's not testing to pass judgment against us because that testing actually builds us up and strengthens us. So the final thing this morning, what does Peter have to say about a growing faith? He tells us to build upon our faith and he encourages us to pursue fruitful growth in the faith, moving from inward growth to a faith outworked. Now Jesus also encouraged us, didn't he, in his own, in different ways when he taught the disciples. But 2 Peter 1, 5 to 11 speaks of how to build your life upon faith. And Peter's concern in writing at that point in time was false teaching. But today it's still true. This is what he said, and I'm going to read from the uh, Amplified Version. He says, So devote yourselves to lavishly supplementing your faith with goodness, and to goodness add understanding, and to understanding add the strength of self-control, and to self-control add patience endurance, and to patient endurance add godliness, and to godliness add mercy towards your brothers and sisters, and to mercy towards others add unending love. And he says, since these virtues are already planted deep within and you possess them in abundant supply, they will keep you from being inactive or fruitless in your pursuit of knowing Jesus. So what Peter's saying here is that we need to build on our faith and sometimes that's called the ladder of faith. Sometimes it's called a faith ladder. If we can get that slide up, we'll see. Yeah, there we have it there. So there is the ladder that represents. So we start with faith. But then Peter is talking about a mature faith where we're building all these other things on the ladder. And there isn't time to unpack all of that this morning, but I want to leave you with that because what Peter is saying is there is a, a thing, there are things that we have within us that we actually pursue being released from us. They're within us, we are to pursue having them released from us. And it ultimately leads to love. And it's the release of that faith that's within us that leads when we pursue and set our hearts on what we're instructed to do here, that actually leads to the outward expression of our faith. So there we go. So if you're focused on what Peter's really saying is if you're focused on these things, you won't go off track. Very important. All right. So closing this morning. How do we do this? to be diligent in pursuing, in going after advancing through that ladder. We're called to take responsibility for our own lives through the word and through relationship with Jesus. By filling your life with the word and applying it and your testimony of what the Lord has done in your life. By engaging the community of faith here to which you belong. And Peter addressed that later in that letter. These are the qualities that bring overflow from within to fruitfulness of your faith. So faith is not an emotion. Faith is a choice and a decision to believe in someone beyond ourselves and to place our trust in him at all times. I feel like the Lord wants to just say this morning to you that he sees you and he sees your faith. Sometimes there can be a question and a doubt. Does God really see me? Do I have enough faith? And he's saying this morning, yes, he does see you and yes, you do and that he loves your faith. It's not a performance thing. This is a gift from God 
that's within us that we're learning to outwork and learning to live through. So, Lord, as we close this morning, Lord, just as your disciples, when you were teaching them, Lord, said, Lord, increase our faith. Lord, our prayer this morning is that you would increase our faith, Lord. Lord, even as we come into the Christmas season, Lord, Lord, that we would know, Lord, your presence with us, Lord, that we would know your love with us, Lord. Lord, the faith that we have, we would be able to share with others, Lord, as you give us opportunity and as you give us, Lord, people crossing our paths, Lord. Lord, for those who are struggling at this time, Lord, I pray for your peace and your presence, Lord, to be there. Lord, that you would be with us. Lord, that uh, we would know your peace, Lord, beyond all. And Lord, even as we celebrate, Lord, your coming to earth, Lord, we also keep in mind, Lord, that you are outworking your eternal plan. You're outworking your eternal plan for the nations. You're outworking your eternal plan for our nation. And Lord, we know that you're coming again. So Lord, I pray that you would help us, Lord, even in the time, Lord, where we, where we remember your birth, Lord, and all those promises, that we also remember, Lord, so much that has already been fulfilled, Jesus. So much, Lord, of what has been prophesied, Lord, has been fulfilled. And Lord, we're living in the, the end of the book of Acts because the book of Acts is still open, Lord. And Lord, as we keep our eyes on you, Lord, and as we, Lord, focus on developing our faith, Lord, and allowing you to work through us, Lord, and allowing you to work in us, Lord, that we would encourage each other, Lord, and that that, uh, that would just overflow, Lord. Lord, for those who are feeling a bit discouraged this morning, Lord, I thank you that you're right there, Lord. No matter what the circumstances, you are there and your truth is still truth, Lord. And your truth remains truth no matter what the situation, Lord. And Lord, for those who who, Lord, are struggling emotionally, Lord, I pray for your peace, Lord, to be there, Lord, knowing that the constancy of you and the constancy of your faith, our faith, the constancy of your word, Lord, will sustain us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org, and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details, and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story.
Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.